بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله على آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد ما بعدن سيسترز just a reflection I was um, as you know I, I teach leadership so one of the key things we talk about in all practically all leadership education is the importance of having life goals clear life goals which excite you which are uh, very real and uh, i always say if it can't make you cry it can't make you work so a life goal which is so inspiring that it brings tears to the eyes a life goal that if you th- reflect on it if you think back on it uh you would feel very happy and say that alhamdulillah i think my life was well spent i didn't waste a single moment of it a life goal like that if you spent your whole life working on it then at the end of your life if you reflect on this life goal you would say alhamdulillah rabbil alamin i am satisfied that i tried to do my best and uh, i'm very happy that i had this life goal and not anything else so we say these are the qualities of of a life goal uh, sometimes we say well if somebody were to be speaking about you at the tail end of your career when you are retiring uh, or giving a speech uh, about you after you had passed away uh, what would you like to hear in that speech what should that person what would you like to uh, what would you hope that person would be would be saying about you so different ways we have in which we uh, get people to reflect on and think about their life goals the thought that is my, that is in my mind is for how many of us it, is it as a matter of fact before let me before i go there let me ask you to do this as an exercise do it for yourself and and be be true to yourself i mean i know you can uh, you can you know um, fudge this or you can pretend but i'm sure you are intelligent enough not to do that uh, there's no sense in fooling yourself and the intelligent thing is to understand that you can only fool yourself not anybody else so do this as an exercise do sit with your family uh, talk to your family and yourself what you do is you take a piece of paper and tell uh, yourself and tell your whoever your friends are to write on this piece of paper um 10 things in order of priority that you really and really and dearly want to have 10 things that you would absolutely you know as they say uh, you would give an arm and a leg for that right 10 things what are these 10 things and then in, in, uh, write them in order of priority absolutely i would give i would give an arm and a leg for this thing what are those 10 things and then when the list is done see where allah subhanahu wa taala figures in that list see where allah subhanahu wa taala figures in that list the rida of allah that allah subhanahu wa taala should be pleased with me is that in that list does it feature in that list somewhere and if it features in that list then see what in order of priority where is it is it number 1 is it number 10 or is it that it is not there at all 
I think that is a good way of understanding uh, what our problem with our religion is. As I as I said, it is easy to um, to fool yourself in this matter by saying, "Oh, yeah, of course, Allah is the first. You know, my top priority is to please Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala." Because the point is that no matter what you say, you will then have to justify it by actual uh, physical things in your life. If I say that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the rida of Allah is my number one priority. There's nothing in my life which is more important for me than getting the rida of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're getting Allah to be pleased with me, getting Allah to be happy with me. If this is my number one priority, then what must my life look like? What kinds of decisions should I be taking in my life? It is as simple as that. It's not a matter of fooling yourself. It is as simple as that. Take somebody who is preparing for a very important examination, right? Somebody who is sitting for a, um, you know, for an entrance test to a, uh, to a, to, to a, an Ivy League college. Uh, and say, for example, they are not only uh, going to, they, they are not, not only, that test will not only give, get them admission, but it will give them also a 100% scholarship, which means that they don't have to worry about paying for that course. Everything will be paid for. Uh, now, that person, if that person is taking that opportunity seriously, and you might say, well, you know, who would be stupid enough not to take it seriously? Well, there are people, believe me. But the point is that if the person is taking it seriously, then what would you expect to see if you looked at a typical day of that person? I would expect First of all, to see that day where this person does not sleep for more than four hours at most. Maybe not even that. Then I would see this person sitting there and studying and preparing for this examination continuously. Maybe drinking lots of coffee to keep awake. Um, maybe even their meals are not, in, not on time. And as I said, they're of course not uh, sleeping too much. They're sleeping very little. Three, three hours, four hours a day. And uh, would I see those that person hanging out with friends? Would I see them on the basketball court? Would I see them, you know, uh, going to see a movie? Uh, would I see them in a restaurant uh, sitting with their friends and chatting and, you know, having something to drink and eat? Would I see them anywhere like that? Would I, would I see them doing anything other than preparing for that test? And if I did see them doing other stuff, then I would not be mistaken if I said, look, it's all very well. You are saying that this test is so important and so on. And that you think uh, you are saying that this is uh, your, your number one priority. But I don't think so, really. I mean, your life does not reflect that this is your number one priority. Because somebody for whom this is number one priority would not be living the way you are living. Right? For them, the number one priority means that they would not be doing anything other than this, but I see you doing so many things. I see, I see you sleeping late. I see you engaged in all kinds of uh, activities which have nothing to do with that, uh, with the preparation for the exam. Uh, you know, I see you all over the place. 
so you can't tell me that uh, this is number one priority for you because it's not. If it was, then nothing else would take precedence over this. But in your case, I see that there are apparently many things that are taking precedence. Right? Isn't, isn't, isn't that, I mean, would I not be justified in saying that? So therefore, let's ask ourselves, the Rida of Allah Jalla Jalla, how important is this to me? And then go back to that same retirement speech or, you know, whatever, which is really our, our book of deeds. Eh? When it is given into our hands, what do you say about the retirement speech? Take some, somebody like Hassan Basri Rahmatullahi. Hmm? Take, take any of the great scholars of Islam. Take Imam an Nawawi Rahmatullahi. I'm not even going to the Sahaba and to Rasulullah because you know that's we don't really need to even go up there. If you say what was the purpose of the life of Hassan al Basri Rahmatullahi, what would you say? I would say the purpose of his life was to get the rida of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His whole life he spent in trying to get the rida of Allah. He studied for that, he lived for that, he worked for that, he made all the effort for that. Everything else was secondary. He was not the wealthiest man of his time, not because he was not clever enough, but because that was not his priority. He did not beg anybody, so he had enough to, sub to support himself. But... He was not the wealthiest person. Not because he was not intelligent enough, but because he was in, intelligent enough to understand what was the what is the first priority. The reason I'm saying that is because somebody who goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a book of deeds in which the rida of Allah does not even exist. But this person built his great commercial empire, this person did this, conquered countries, this person became so popular uh, in the world, uh, you know, won every election, uh, this person did this, that, got a Nobel Prize for this one, that one, all that. But the Rida of Allah, Jalla Jalaluhu, did not feature anywhere in that book of deeds. Compared to that, is another person whose book of deeds is filled with effort to gain the rida of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Constantly, continuously. In everything that they said or did, every decision, you could clearly see that the person had multiple options, but they chose the option that pleased Allah. And they did not touch anything else. Two books of deeds. Tell me, which one would you like to have as yours? Which one would I like to have as mine? Right? Dumb question. But the point is that it won't happen just by wanting it. If I want my book of deeds to be that, which is that here is a person whose book of deeds is filled with efforts to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that book of deeds, if you search and say, well, you know, what kind of job did he have? Well, he had a nice job, recent, reasonable job. Uh, given his talents and education and so on, he could have become the CEO of the company. How come this man never tried? Well, he had 24 hours in the day. Somebody else also had 24 hours in the day. This man decided to spend his 24 hours trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the process, maybe he did not give 
that job of his enough attention. So he, he, he didn't get fired, but he also didn't get promoted to CEO. So what is that person's position? I remind myself and you that just wanting, the only thing that comes to you just by waiting for it is death. For everything else, we have to work for. I ask Allah subhanahu to enable us to do that which is pleasing to him and to save us from that which doesn't please him.